Hello and welcome to episode 25 of the Lorefield Podcast, the podcast for Starfield lore and news discussion. We're now counting down not the months, not the weeks, nor even the days until the Starfield Direct. We are counting down the hours until 30 minutes of juicy Starfield goodness blesses our monitors on June 11th. I'm your co-host Mitch alongside proud Todd Howard cardboard cutout owner Lexi. Hello. And Mr. Buff Tough and Stuff Red Wolf. Oh my goodness, they call me off guard. <laughs> having me again. <laughs> Absolutely. We have a letter to introduce our next guest. Let's see here. Oh, it's from Todd Howard. <laughs> when I walk through a field of roses and admire the setting sun, my mind drifts to a saint, a humanitarian, and an inspiring soul. He ended world hunger at 13 years old and negotiated world peace as part of his doctoral studies at 17. My mind drifts to DeMarco, dude. Wow, welcome. What a... Listen, Todd, you and I can have a conversation and talk about how amazing I am, and I will listen all day, every day. You have Mitch's address, and you send it to him for some reason and not me. That's totally fine. You just want everybody to know. I don't blame you. I would as well. So we'll we'll we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, but who knows? In the future, I might get more of those. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a big contrast to this episode from the the last one. It might feel like the Yang to episode twenty four's Ying. It's just the four of us convening for a little powwow to collect last minute thoughts before the Starfield Direct and talk about some other miscellaneous items. The first of which is pretty cool. So Xbox has rented out 25 movie theaters across the United States, and they're going to let fans watch the showcase together. Pretty cool. I want to ask, would you go or do you just want to watch it from the comfort of your home? Uh, Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing. That's dope. Yeah, travel across the world, spend $2,000 for hotel rooms and gas and excuse me, everything else to go. Yes, (laughs) yes. Okay. You're, you're, it's in 25 theaters across the world. You don't need to travel. Well, it's not my theater. <laughs> <laughs> only that was super far. So it, it could right. be closer than you think. There's probably one, I don't know, some on the East Coast, I'm sure. Mm, that's interesting. Well, if I wasn't going to be streaming it, I would do that. Okay. Yeah, it's it's cool. I think you know what I, Summer Games Fest did something similar where he was talking last year about how it's being projected on IMAX screens, and I know that got a lot of positive feedback because everyone want like you don't have E3 anymore, so nobody is sitting getting all that juicy. And of course, <clears throat> the, the one unfortunate thing there's a caveat to it is like y- y- at E3 you get to talk to the Bethesda guys, and they're there, <laughs> right there, like in your face, and you can see the beads of sweat as they're talking and presenting the game. And so that's really cool. Then you could talk to them after, I'm being dramatic, but you could talk to them after the show and all that great stuff. And they might not necessarily be at the theaters, but you still get that community. I I, I was actually memeing the uh, thing. Oh, I'm going to go to the cinema. Oh, what film are you seeing? I'm not seeing a film. I'm watching Summer Game Fest. <laughs> <laughs> And people just look at you weird. And they're going to want to hang out with you instantly because you're the coolest cat in the room. I think you're the only cat in the room. (laughs) (laughs) Is there an element here with them renting out 25 theaters across the country that Xbox is confident and they want people 
packed into those theaters to see the epic thing that they're going to show? Or is this more of a procedural, they're holding a big event, so they want people to see it? Is, is there kind of a almost like a cockiness, like you're going to put your ass in this theater and you're going to love what we show you? Uh, I, I, so for example, if I go out to an event that I am excited for and I put time and effort into something that has uh, everything to do with that event, I feel like I would be much more inclined to stay excited about it. So if, if you are sending, if people are going out that are potentially content creators and they're going to go out to talk about what they saw and how they felt about it, their energy would, is, would probably be a lot higher because of the time and money or whatever that they invested to cut out for this in-person event. I think that is the benefit to things like E3 and stuff like that. Just being there in person sort of, sort of elevates your excitement. So, yeah, I think there is a bit of like, I don't know. That, I feel like that's like my main. That's my main takeaway from that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The, the, at the end of the, there's there's two weight. There's the business side that my brain goes to, and then there's like the consumer, like yay, video games and like Starfield's cool. The business, the business side of me realizes that it, Microsoft is paying all these theaters. Of course, we know this. They're paying these theaters to rent out the space to have, you know, and then they're going to be charging tickets for people to come in. And so the theater makes money that way, and obviously Microsoft gets a cut of that, and or Xbox and Bethesda, whoever. So at the end of the day, this is a business decision. This is a plan to get people excited about the game, to get people more invested. The super fans will hopefully go and travel to see it. Um, you know, content creators maybe as well will go out and, and see it and give their impressions. And then obviously it's open to just, you know, whoever wants to, uh, which is is part of the awesome, one of the awesome parts about it is anybody can go in and experience that. So at the end of the day, it's a business and a marketing move. I think it's, I, 25 theaters they're probably very strategic I, do we know which theaters they're at or no it's just 25 theaters I don't have that handy okay so I'm assuming it's very strategic locations like they'll be in near Manhattan and there'll be a couple in California and in, in, you know LA and, and places like that so you're not going to see it in Kentucky you know or sure. Minnesota <laughs> right maybe Twin but, Cities maybe I'm a geography dork, so <laughs> that's that's the kind of stuff I think about. But you bring up the business side of it. Tickets will only be ten dollars to this thing. Oh my god! Yeah, maybe I will go. Shocking. Yeah, exactly. Holy shit. Yeah, that I literally mean, shocked me. Like I almost electrocuted. Yeah, that, that's like crazy. Yeah, for a one-time thing, like it's not. Less it is. Less it is all right. Well, it's ten dollars a ticket, but it's a thirty-minute showcase. It's not. We're not talking the whole Xbox showcase, right? I think we are. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm well, pretty sure that would make a big because you have the Xbox showcase, which is going to be about an hour-ish, right? And then Starfield is an additional thirty minutes, so that's an hour and a half. You're paying for oh, you know, the length of an animated film. But obviously, gaming themed for ten bucks, like that's an incredible deal. If it's just Starfield for thirty minutes and ten dollars, then it's like, all right, is is it as good of a deal? Like, are we looking at it like, holy crap? Um, so I think that context is important. I I haven't 
confirmed this, but I do believe it is both the full full feature length showcase and then the Starfield Direct. Now, bear in mind, there's probably going to be scalpers involved in this. Um, it doesn't sound like these are the big theaters that they're running out. Um, so that'll be kind of a limitation on who gets in. But what I'm really excited about is the videos of crowd reactions. Kind of going back to old school, DeMarco, like you said, E3, um, we'll see these crowds freaking out when they show like something really cool in Starfield or reveal a new game or something. So that's Yeah, absolutely. I mean, e- what is it? Summer Games Fest last year, I think, was in front of a live audience, right? So, um, and the game, I think even watching, that's why I like the Game Awards is because I like seeing that part of it, that humanizing part of it too. So that it's a good it's a good way to do it to, because these studios they don't and, and think too how much I mean how much money are they saving by renting out a theater versus an entire stadium like they did at E3 Oh sure yeah you know <laughs> so there's that as well so to them it's like a win-win we get the public appearance and we get that we get people in the door they're going to be very excited for it because they have the atmosphere it's all around a win I think for everybody yeah, for those giant showcases in like the Dolby Theater and stuff, did they they did charge for those, right? I never even looked at pricing or anything like that for those. Uh, for E3 or for like Summer Games Fest when it was done in IMAX or for like BE3 and and the old the showcases of old in E3. Yeah, yeah, those uh I think it was it was a bit of both, right? Cuz of course you have the press people that come in, but then you have people who will pay for a ticket to get to the event. Gotcha. Uh, you know, I think part of that is because you pay the ticket price for E3. And I mean, I never went, so maybe I'm a little bit wrong on this, but you pay the ticket price for E3 and then you can get access to certain events. Um, sometimes I think you needed to have like known someone like you needed to be invited, for example, to be E3 possibly. Other times it might have just been first come, first serve. I'm not exactly sure. It's been, if you think about it, it's been a long time since the last E3. What, four years now? Five? I think four, yeah. So, yeah, memory is already starting to fade <laughs> how it worked. But. Yeah. Cool. Interesting. I'm excited to see, like I said, the videos that come out of that. Speaking of the showcase, um, we talked a little bit about it in episode 24, not super in depth. We've got to talk about our kind of last minute, like wish list items. And let me set, let me set up my light again so you can actually see my face. Um, Lexi. Is there anything really high on your wish list for this Starfield Direct? I want to see Vasco transporting crates. I've been on this for months. He she like has, just walking yeah. around, like pick, like he is built for picking up crates. That in that concept, I discovered that he's he's holding objects how I imagined he would, and I've been saying this since 2021. I'm like, Vasco can carry crates. I know that's his purpose. He's gonna, you know, go around carry your crates of sc- space schooner, uh, Aurora. I, I, I don't. I, I just want to see Vasco. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty awesome how you, you latched right onto that like weirdly specific thing, and you were right on the money with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Like literally, our first episode after that Vasco video, Lexi was like. He looks like he could carry a lot of crates. And then months and months later, we come to find out, yeah, that's what he does. I think that's I, I the like how that's the first thing, thing that you want to <laughs> there's, there's infinite amounts of... I mean, Starfield is a game of infinite possibilities, but yeah. the most important... Yeah, it's, it's Vasco. Crates. 
Yeah. But but specifically, it's not. You didn't start with Vasco. You started with Vasco carrying crates. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, like, seeing more Vasco, I think is is like okay. Vasco carrying crates is very wholesome. Yeah, it's. I mean, I feel bad for him because he has to carry it, right? You can't feel. Yeah, if, if you make him, he's your companion. Yeah, but he's my friend, and I don't want to hurt my friend. Okay, well. <laughs> Wolf psych. Okay. When I'm playing a Bethesda game, the best part is hurting my friends. <laughs> Don't you dare. And anyone who hurts Vasco has to go through me. Just saying. Okay, Think enough. of all of the fun ways you might be able to attach jetpacks to Vasco and then blow <laughs> them up like the people in the trailer. <laughs> yes. You just see a ragdolling. If like the planet's got low gravity, uh, Vasco's just ragdolling in the air. So, so one one mod needs to be made that's just, co- like, like come at me, Lexi, and then it's just a mod that features 10, 20, 50, 100 different ways that you could humorously do things that are horrible things to Vasco, and it's just specifically targeted. I, I would make a reaction video on my own channel. <laughs> like, Does this unit have a soul? I, I would be like the uh, Markiplier crying uh, meme. Oh my god, I love it. <laughs> I'd just be crying over it. And then and then conversely someone needs to make a hundred ways to appreciate Vasco so it yeah. balances itself. Can you can you pet Vasco? You cannot pet Vasco. I will like that needs to be a mod. Pet Vasco. On the head. I want a tiny version of Vasco. Like yeah. imagine him as imagine him as like just a little like a like a BD. Oh Jimmy do you mean like the mini Liberty Prime mod? For Fallout 4, there's a mini Liberty Prime mod, and he's just overpowered because it's Liberty Prime but tiny. Oh yeah, <laughs> probably like that. Yeah, just tiny Vasco running around, <laughs> I can do that, yeah. shooting laser beams. That'd be great. Demarco, I remember last time you were on the show, you talked about what you want to see is uh, how you talked about how we've seen all the pieces of Starfield, and you want to see all those pieces put together. Um, and I, I understood pretty well what you mean by that. Was there was there anything else? that you're kind of itching to see on June 11th? I want a heavy focus on the elements that Todd Howard has explicitly stated. This is what we're fo- we focused on for our, or we want to focus on more for our games. And some of those include the choices. Right. So he's talked about we have this dialogue, we have this great dialogue system. Well, how meaningful is that? And I wouldn't mind. I don't expect this to happen because it would really slow down the the showcase to a walk. But just on a personal level, I would not mind seeing Todd explain these are the seven different dialogue tree paths that you can go down because we really put a lot of effort into the dialogue. Uh, The... NPC reactivity, I think, is the biggest one. So he's constantly... Or even Will Shen mentioned during one of the developer... I, it was one of the Into the Starfield videos. He mentioned, one, the NPC reactivity is something we've heard Todd say, but Will Shen talked about how your companions will take notice of what's around them and they'll respond to the environments and the things that you do. And so those features that we've been told are better, I would like to see 
apart, like within the context of everything getting, you know, what I've said previously, but those things shown as well to, to kind of add on, I guess, so I don't repeat the same thing again. Okay. Uh, well, okay. So I kind of, last night, I, or I'm sorry, in episode 24, I kind of broke down the possibilities of what we might see into um, narrative details. So like more about the main quest, basically. Uh, gameplay details uh, like combat and, and ship flight and stuff like that and mechanics and I think it sounds like you're most keen to see more about the mechanics of like the nuts and bolts of how this stuff works in the game I want to know that it just works Todd it just works Beautiful. <laughs> I want to know that it just works yeah I mean listen we know we know the combat and to be fair like even I think if you listen and look really closely, like it's very reminiscent of Fallout 4. It is. It is. And you even look at specifically, I don't know why, but the grenade animation when he throws the grenade, that to me, like just looked like it was ripped straight from Fallout 4 into this game. And I, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I don't know. But I don't care because I like Fallout 4's combat, so I don't, I don't really care. But. You know, we we've seen the combat, and I don't want to personally know more about the story. I like because Starfield's about mystery and exploration and getting to the stars and finding what's out there. And so, the more vague that Starfield's story is, the better, in my opinion. I don't want to see any more story stuff. Uh, combat, we know. What was some of the other things you mentioned? Story, combat, and like mechanics. So, Mechani like yeah. So, if that just leaves mechanics, then yes, mechanics. Okay. Interesting. Wolf. Let's assume that you can walk around in your ship in space. Yes. Wolf is ready. Do a spit take like can. <laughs> I was chewing, and I know I do not want people to hear me chewing. I know that is a that is a no no on podcast. Um. Yeah. So to be serious. Well, seriously, yes, that is my biggest thing. Can we walk around the ship? But I do hope that they... I talked about this last night. I do hope that we do get a deeper look into what all we can do with our ship. Because, so, I don't know. I can't remember what I said. But <laughs> what we've been... A lot of the things that we've actually been shown it has just been sort of like touched on like and you can do this. You can do that. You can do this. You can do that. You now can I want crew. him to say, yeah. right? You can have a crew. You can have someone pilot the ship. You can have. I want them to say, we've told you about these things. Now let's show you what that means, how that works. So, um, ship building. So what happens whenever I attach a piece? Okay, like I've said before, I, I believe that the interior of the ship is one s cylindrical. You know, it's just one rectangle imagine just a a big rectangle and that's all that it is on the outside you have the pieces of the ship so the interior of the ship i don't believe will ever necessarily change all that much as, because i know like you can add uh like the labs and like the workstations and stuff like that so like those kind of things will always be a part of it um and someone just stop me if something is is if i'm wrong about this but like the base part of the ship is like this imagine like this long tube. You got your, your entrance and then you got the, the middle part where everyone's walking around and then you got your the little area right before you get into your cockpit. I wanna see how all these different pieces work. 
like what can you do what happens whenever you hire someone does it add a stat like i now i just hired two dudes to be to maintain my defense systems does that mean that now my ship has plus 10 defense or like what does that mean i want to know uh if if i hire I, i said this last night so you know like in skyrim how like you can hire mercenaries they're just called mercenary but you can also hire some some other npcs that are named that have stories that have more dialogue but you hire them in the same way i'm wondering if you can have actual characters with a little more story to hire them onto your ship a la mass effect um that aren't necessarily a huge part of your uh I guess relationship tree when it comes to main characters, but they are like tertiary characters that you know, like like, a, like Engineer a, Adams. A, there you go, Engineer yeah. Adams, like Lydia, for example. Lydia is not a main character, but she is highly referenced all the time. But she is just a a named NPC that people love. Um, or like uh, Miel uh, the Linus, stuff like that. Like just characters that. Are tertiary but have a little more importance. I want to know how that works. Like, what is our is our ship actually a home away from home, or is it just a vehicle that we can only access when it's parked on on land? I would hate that, but it's not going to ruin it for me. But that is the one thing that I want to know is is our ship our home away from home? Like, what can we do with it? You just yeah. you just brought up a really interesting point too, which like I'm. I'm very much against when when skills. I know that sometimes they need to be there, but when do, do it, does it annoy anybody else when a skill system is like you get plus ten to this random thing, like plus ten damage, like oh yeah. So this big so, thing the- that changed something about your character, like, and you've now got the uh, you got the sword of Avalon or whatever, and it's like plus five damage. You're like. It's, no, I'm with you all this. Anyway. I was. What if you? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Okay. okay. Go ahead. Um, I've always found that weird to plus ten percent damage. How does that work? Like, by touching your gun, are you like blessing it with like holy energy, and you're like <laughs> the bullets are radiant with like holy light? I think the logic is just that you've gotten more skilled. So like, when you do, even though you can freely aim, you shoot someone in the chest. You shoot them better in the chest. You know what I'm saying? You shoot, you shoot, yeah, like, you shoot them better. You shoot them better. Uh, um, yeah, perfect, perfectly logical. <laughs> but, but I would say, would it be disappointing if like the crewmates kind of work the same way, where it's like, oh, you have plus ten percent shields. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like you, you hired this, you hired ten crewmates on your ship, and you per- particularly custom because we know that there's like the numbers, and I think there's still some confusion around like the crew size numbers and how they work based on the demo. At least there is for me, uh, but yeah, there was that, and 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 if you had twenty crew members, then it's like, well, good job, you is like in in Fallout Four where you assign them to this guy works the farm because I planted some mutt fruit in this guy or mute fruit excuse me and this guy works the defense because I made a defense tower so you put them in their rooms this guy's in the science lab this guy's in the engine room this guy's and then you just get your shields recharge to 10, 10% faster it's like right. no, nothing actually changes really you know and mm-hmm. that that is kind of what I'm expecting I'm hoping it's more than what that I'm expecting but it's like, too what more could it be because imagine it's like now i unlocked 
uh, the ability to have like another seat in like the bridge of the ship. So now I can hire three people. And what does that mean? That means that they are. That means that, like you said, like now my ship shields are recharging more quickly during a fight because they're clickety clacking and <laughs> whatever. I don't know. Like I want to know what what that means. Like, Remind me know, never like, to put you. On I mean, if if they wrote something yeah. into the. Trying <laughs> to. I think if they wrote something into the law, say like, uh, you've uh, you've hacked into your systems and now your shields are working better because you've like upgraded them. Like if they had a bit of law description that explains why it's in- increasing your shields or increasing your damage, maybe you've all the weapons you use you've slightly tinkered with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have a proposal for what the crew could be more interesting use of them and i want to hear mitch's thoughts on it because he's been very silent just very very good listener mitch um the one thing is if you send them on missions for you so like if you need to you get a crew and then for example you can level up your crew and you could equip them with gear and such and then you know and this is not going to happen i can almost guarantee it but you can send them down to the planets and that's how you find the points of interest it's not just like you scan it from space and then you see the planet has a location here a location here but instead it's like they have to go down and they they scout out the planet and, and they have to do it from the surface Ooh. so you need to gear them up to survive whatever's down there Duh. and now they actually play like an important role and you send like little squad missions as you could in mass effect andromeda uh, yeah that 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 uh an idea is just like um an idea is just forming in my head what if you like you land your ship like uh <laughs> you land your ship and you tell your one of your crewmates go get out go and explore and then you just take off and leave while they explore i just strand them on the planet well, you I know, guess that is a factor. You give a, what if they had like their own little ship, like the Ghost in in Star Wars Rebels, how it splits apart, and then they can do. I don't know. You're right. That I, does I, add complications. Yeah. That does add complications. That you're just like, go to the planet. All right, I'm gonna go explore. I'll be back in like 12 hours. What I was thinking yeah. of before was that, that is a um, I was actually comparing the ship thing and having it having a crew on it to Fallout Shelter where each person you recruit to be on your crew has their own stats and you're supposed to assign them to whatever they're most proficient at and i think having sending them onto the planet and exploring is akin to sending your uh, dwellers out into the wasteland so i wonder if there's going to be some callbacks to Fallout Shelter in the way this whole system works we just made starfield we did it. You're welcome, Todd. <laughs> no wonder the game was delayed. Am I right? Hire us. Uh, no, that's. It's so funny because that was sort of like the addicting part of Fallout Shelter for me. Was once you had everyone where they needed to be, you just like sat there and just like watch it. Watch it happen because like this person has like just enough intelligence to be better at Susie. Now Susie actually has has one more of dexterity or whatever it was to do the water pumps or whatever the hell it was, um, and that would be really cool to sort sort of um, allocate your crew members to make your ship better because that that does make sense now that we're talking about it like that would make sense to sort of say like I'm gonna hire you. And your stats are just good enough to do this one thing, but then you hire someone else or or like get like a new function on your ship and you go, oh, well, 
the stat that you were that I didn't need before, now I have a part for it. Now let me assign you to this and sort of so on and so forth with with each member that you get. That would be that would be really cool. So maybe that is what it is. Maybe that is all that it is. Is that your crew is just numbers? Which is kind of now I'm now I'm destroying immersion. The only <laughs> but, hole in this argument is that I don't recall seeing any like attributes or um, any points allocation at character creation that NPCs could have. At character creation, what do you mean? Right, like we have the skill points to shape our character, but there, I don't recall anything at the beginning. Where it was like I'm gonna have like a special stat, basically, where you frame your character a certain way from the outset that NPCs could have, and that you know what I mean. Like yeah. NPCs and Fallout have their own special, and that's why that system works because everyone has their own special stats. Right. I guess maybe it would be like similar to Skyrim. No, I mean Skyrim, all the enemies have randomized stats too. Right. Oh, okay. You don't know them, but you know they. Uh, one bandit will have I don't know fifty attack or whatever, and then the another one will have thirty. They're still, you know. Yeah, I guess that is like a testament to when we what we're expecting from the showcase overall. Mm-hmm. For as much as we are able to speculate, whatever they have to show us could be something that we had no idea about. Like they could say like, and when you go and talk to your crew members, they'll tell you, "I'm an engineer, rank." three or something you know not in so robotic way that i just fucking i just said um and you're like cool so i know that that uh susie i don't know why susie's the name uh susie rank three engineer will go will be better than than derek mark two who's useless derek um i don't know because it, it would be weird for them to be for me to walk up to an nbc and say what are you good at and they're like here's my chart and they're just like holding a piece of paper in front of you and like stats because that would be weird in dialogue so i'm interested to see that yeah but that is like yeah the ship the ship what does it do what is more show me yeah that's the big question yeah i'm also curious about its purpose when you're on the ground exploring i like you said i don't want it just to be in a vehicle that i get up and fly off you know i want to apply like modules like where i can come back and use it as a base you know what i mean like to aid in my ex- like explorations of, of these planets like a place where right. i can analyze new like metals i find or something like that you know um, I've, i'm just there's a ton of potential for it i'm just gonna say right now I am going to roleplay a scenario. I land my ship and I'm going to go camping for a few days. It just, my ship is my home. That is its role. I'm going to go out in the day, get some sun, go in the ship when I need snacks or whatever, uh, get Vasco to like Mm. drill minerals or something. I don't know. I'll get him to carry a crate like in circles for my, and then I'll get a deck chair and just watch. Uh, yeah. I just, uh, I think you could make those kinds of scenarios. I'm definitely going to do that. Not on like streams or anything, because that'd be a bit weird. Just two hours of me role-playing to myself. Yeah, and I, Mitch, you said like you want to put modules and stuff on your ship. Um, that, it just makes me wonder like, Okay, like, because I know a lot of people, I've, I've talked to a ton of people online, people have yelled at me and said, call me an idiot, like, how's it going to work, what if you get attacked? 
Well, I've said before, like, the ship technically, and we've seen it, we've seen it, the cockpit has, a, has like, an airlock behind it. So you sit down, an airlock shuts behind you. So now you're, in, in technical terms, and I mean this video game development-wise, that, that cell, everything beyond that cell door is gone. You are now in a separate cell. So once that airlock shuts, you are now in a separate area. So... If you if if you start to be attacked or something, I could see where like your entire ship like lights up like red alerts, like you're being attacked. Like get the hell in your ship. Not to say like you're gonna like blow up if you don't get in your ship. It's like you're you're not that far away from your cockpit at all times. Your ship is not terribly huge. It's not gonna take long to run to your to your cockpit. So I could see that where it's like, oh, I'm being attacked. My my red alarms are blowing up all over my ship run to your cockpit jump in there when you're just floating around in space is what i mean um i don't know i just feel like there's so many ways around it because i am a game developer and i know everything about it um so i'm i know exactly what i'm talking about um i'm kidding but <clears throat> yeah i was gonna say i'm 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 a, I'm a game developer i didn't know you made games <laughs> yeah yes so does that make sense to you lex what i'm um, about like I I think it would be very complicated. The way I see it from Revesta's past is the ship you land with is a static object outside the landing animation. Um, that would be uh, an object with an animation attached to it. Um, uh, I think the actual ship is a model and touching the control panel, which plays, which will um, be scripted. Uh, like an animation tied to it i guess and then i think that's essentially like opening a door in skyrim it's like a teleport and that teleports you to the vehicle ship which will be under the vehicle part of the engine where power armor goes in fallout fallout 4 and 76 not free in new vegas um the kit classes that as a vehicle so i imagine the ship would be classed as a vehicle for the one you can fly and then I think the entire thing will be loaded for you. And I think whatever you've done to your ship will be like a copy and paste because it's modular. So I think it will just swap the static modules around. Because you, you, you could turn any model in the kit. If you just copy what the texture is, you can just... We have to extract the textures and if you want to... You just select the textures. Um, you have to extract them to find the name. Then you have to click it, and you have to click in the file while it's in. That's what I remember for a special edition. Uh, I'm rambling about this, but uh, I think the ship you land with is a static model. Yeah, it's almost like I don't. I don't know if we're getting too tangential here, so I'm not gonna speak anymore after this. But it, it's almost like uh, the Fallout 76 camp system, how you could just pick it up and mm -hmm. move it. Um, and the ship is, in a way, what you, it sounds like you're describing is functionally the same. It's just take it's saving that, and then just, yeah. you know, in this case, it's the difference is you get a landing animation, and then it just it's loaded. The, the ship is yep. loaded on the ground. Yeah, Kate just plops yeah. the static ship, your static ship. So, of there'll be a bunch exactly. of variables. So, the way the engine will say it is like your ship has X and Y attachment. So this static model needs to have X and Y. Is it this base model ship or is it this one? Did they get this ship? 
it's basically like a save file where it's just gibberish code that just tells the engine because uh, I think that that's pretty much all a save file is is it's just instructions to the engine spawn the player here and give them these items do this x these x quests are done that's all it is so I think it would be kind of similar if I were to right. picture it um I, I was sorry. I was gonna say real <laughs> okay. quick. I think that that is kind of what I was saying. I don't have the terminology or verbiage to sort of say what I'm trying to say, but I think what you said is exactly what I mean. Like once, once you're out of your cockpit, it loads into what you're saying is the static model uh, interior of your ship, which isn't doing anything other than rendering an outside. I I think on the world. Even when you close the airlock door, it still loads because it's just a static object, and it's yeah. and it's just got a bunch of animations tied to it. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I. So yes. So that's exactly. Yeah. Which. <laughs> in in talking about the the functionality of the ship, we had a, a comment from a listener, Curious Malika, on the last episode. Several great comments from them actually, but I thought this one in particular was really pertinent to this conversation. They suggested there should be a missives board in the game. This sh- yes. They said this should 100% be a thing in a space yes. game where you have space legs, a shipbuilder, flight mechanics, and economic burdens. These Down devs here. are all around my age. They've all played freelancer. <laughs> Love it. Your ships, there should be many, should act as tools. And the basic freelancer-style job board should give you, give you your organic grind. It doesn't all have to be epic questing. It can be a simple mining job or a protection run or a bounty or an investigation or whatever. But I love this using the ship as kind of a vector to give you radiant quests. I kind of dig that. Uh, you just I, uh, Oh sorry. Uh immediately. That's that's like my favorite mod in Skyrim. It literally I use it. I use the missives um and, and just vanilla walking up into a bar and being like, hey, got any news for me? And they're like, no. Um, uh, <laughs> but uh, just to get, just to have a reason to travel from point A to point B, knowing that whatever I meet along the way is really going to be the adventure part of it. And I feel like just having objectives, because people can say, that's just going to get boring. It's like, well, you know that things are going to happen in between your very small mission. But like you have a, you feel like you have a lot more agency. If I like go to my computer and say what's going on, and they go, "There's a bounty." I'm, I want to be a bounty hunter so, so bad in this game. And they're like, "There's a bounty on Neon," and you're like, "Okay, here we go." And like, I don't know, like every whatever happens in between there is going to be the adventure. And then once you finally reach your objective, you're like, "I did it." Now what's next? And it's just like. Uh, the carrot on the end of the stick if you will I love that yeah I think that's especially like with the fuel system too because one of my big concerns that I've voiced very vocally all the time is is just kind of the massive amounts of space you're not getting the walking from point A to point B now it's zoomed out so now you're flying but I think that's actually one of the massive in a weird way benefits of the fuel that you can't jump so far so that way it forces you to stop in between and have those adventures and then the way i always play with the missives board or like the bounty board mods too is like 
I will have my main quest. Okay, it's over here. I'll pick up whatever bounties and stuff that I can. And then I know, oh, well, I got to go over there to complete a bounty. But it just so happens that my main quest. So my, my end goal is always the main quest. I don't, you know, and that yeah. using it as the supplementary content just flushes out. And then it happens to take you to an interesting location that has a dungeon with a whole story attached to that dungeon where you get captured by a mage and whatever else happens in Skyrim. Yes. And, and Starfield has an opportunity to do that even better you nailed it yes, exactly. i want to see that even better and then i want to go to the space tavern and ask for jobs there and then they say no and they go, we, do, we don't serve your kind here jedi scum yeah. oh sorry wrong franchise <laughs> as i wield my lightsaber mod <laughs> exactly. Laser day one with my x-wing ship outside <laughs> that i also uh, fa- fast forward in the future uh i'm recording law footage for uh what, what, whatever law topic we're covering and there's just like Darth Vader in the background with a lightsaber <laughs> okay how cool would it be listen alright mod you have the Star Wars the entirety of Star Wars like the whole story going on in the background and you play as like whatever <laughs> character you want and then you just see the Death Star and like them raiding the Death Star you hear Han Solo's yeah <laughs> in the distance as he goes in and right. he beats you know, and you're just like gives, flying by like clears the way and you're flying by like the scene <laughs> like the scene in, in 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 the family guy episode where they they make fun of um national lampoon and they're driving by they're like see the death star kids and then they explain they're like all right roll yes. them up roll them up <laughs> yeah exactly i love that it's so good i would love that yeah, I cannot great. wait for my. That's what I want to oh see. God. That I changed my whole. I don't want to see anything else. That's hit. That's how Lexi wants Vasco carrying things. I want. I want that. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Got it. We'll put it down. I. I. I hope. I. I absolutely 100% think a lightsaber will be the first mod. Or first. Oh, yeah. Or first. Sorry. The first kit mod. When the kit comes out. Before that, it's just going to be like hood hood changes and basic texture replacements but when the kit comes out first one of the first mods lightsabers definitely yeah we do have uh wanted to take a little bit of time to promote coming up in just a few days during the starfield direct you're going to have a lot of live streams to choose from from the people on this show so choose wisely <laughs> no. um they're all going to be available you know on demand later so you can catch all of our amazing reactions as we Get our minds blown by Bethesda Game Studios' favorite thing in the world. Um, you can catch a live stream here on Warfield. I know Red Wolf, you're going to be doing one on Red Wolf Renegade on YouTube, right? Indeed. Yes. All yes. Right. Hopefully we don't get shut down for my first live stream, co-stream thing ever. But yeah, that'll be really exciting for me. And before you, anyone wants to know, no, we're not going to be talking and screaming over top of the thing the most that you'll get from us is oh oh or bro that's pretty much uh i i think so i'm gonna freak out oh, yeah, i'm i'm gonna and when i feel like uh, when i feel like i'm gonna freak out i'm hitting the, the mute button and you just you'll be you'll be seeing me flip tear shit off my walls uh sorry uh, poop off my walls I, i'll just forget my webcam's on yeah <laughs> yeah and i'll be like jumping on my bed I shared that opinion, Wolf, but then I realized people are going to be able to watch it back later. So I'm, oh, I'm just going to let loose and be loud if it if it warrants being loud, and I'm really that excited. Oh, just let it go, yeah. man. Let it happen. I know. 
I just know how I am. I know how I am. Because, like, they're going to show, and Todd's going to go, and now, let me show you how walking around the inside of your ship goes. I'm going to be like, fuck! And I'm going to like, like, like go to, like, my mute button immediately. Uh, just stuff like that. I don't know. Yeah, just uh, Wolf just uh, gets his weights, and he just starts exercising furiously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, starts deadlifting straight away. Just, like... Veins bulging yeah. from his neck and face. <laughs> I'm just on my, my like I'm just like blurred in the background. Just like, <laughs> just like, <laughs> I love yeah. Comes back to the webcam, just absolutely jacked. Yeah, I'm just like veins popping out my head, my neck, like Demarco said, turning porn. <laughs> yeah, and you just returned casually, like, so how's everyone doing? So everyone good? That was cool. <laughs> DeMarco, dude, you'll be streaming it as well on uh, your YouTube channel, right? Right on YouTube. Yeah. Will it just be you or will you have company? No, I will be streaming it solo. Nice. Okay. Figure Arcane like with you. Okay. I am so excited to go back and watch both of your reactions. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be super fun. So all four of us, you'll be able to see us react in real time the direct i uh just have all of it on simultaneously all <laughs> i i'm gonna do a compilation of me and mitch because i know i'm gonna say something stupid like i'm not gonna get hyped at the collector's edition and then i'm gonna start screaming as soon as it's like they reveal it I'm gonna, oh, i really need that yeah. Well, you I've said before. Uh, I don't know if I told you guys, but uh, I know that I said I know that Demarco knows. But I am actually letting my Game Pass go. It expires in October after after two years because I've, I've my my Series X uh, came with um, Game Pass Ultimate, so it expires in October, which is just a month after the game comes out. And I was like, you know what? This gives me an opportunity to buy a steel book and the physical edition of Starfield. So, uh, if they do show the game and then it has a, a sweet collector's edition, um, that'll be even more. Um, it's I'm there. I'm not gonna get it. Uh, it'll be sold out immediately. Um, I'm I'm literally gonna have. But I don't want to go on tangent. Okay. Oh, you want me? To... Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. Uh. I'm literally going to have OBS half one screen. Other half is literally going to be merch store or like my local retailer and it's spam F5 the whole time. So people are going to think I'm doing something weird underneath my desk. I'm not. I'm just spamming F5. And then on my second monitor, that's going to be all um, stuff. That's okay. Hmm. Yeah. So... I have to ask this because I have to ask this. Do you do you all think that there will be something happening as far as even if it's not like <laughs> because I know it's the the boat of shadow dropping Starfield is is gone that that that, sh that starship has has sailed into the blackness. Um, what do you do? You think I feel like there could be there could be something happen where. You know, they're like, and by the way, we do want to announce this, and it's like an app like Fallout Shelter for Starfield, and it's some sort of, and it releases right now. 
Um, do you guys see anything like that happening? Do you see any sort of like Starfield anything game wise, whether it be uh, tertiary has been the, my favorite word to today, I guess. But you know, like yeah, word of the day. Um, yeah. Do you guys? Do y'all think that? You know what I mean? Like any any anything at all that that could be released right then and there on the show uh, because I know they're not going to say, and you know what? We know you guys are really excited. Starfield is available right now. I don't think that's going to happen, but anything. Do you think that that's possible, just an app fallout shelter-wise or anything like that? I'm going to say yes because the Starfield Direct is going to be 30 minutes. And if you watch the Fallout 4 or Fallout 76 E3 presentations back there, 15 and 18 minutes respectively, I know that off the top of my head because I'm a nerd, they felt pretty long. So for this to be 30 minutes, um, I think I think there's a high possibility that there's going to be some companion app or something. Whether it comes out that night, I don't know. But I, I'm low-key kind of, that's an outdated term, but I am low-key kind of ex- expecting some kind of app for Starfield. You, you mean like to give them some extra time during the end of their Starfield presentation to go and one more thing and then show that and then sort of break down what the app or whatever it might be and to sort of say this is what it is and you can get it now. Is that what you mean? Right. Assuming assuming this report from, I believe, Tom Warren that Xbox would be an hour and a half and Starfield would be 30 minutes is correct, then yeah, I, I think some of those 30 minutes will be dedicated to something that's not just the main game. Cool. My only hesitation against that is that the QuakeCon gameplay was for Skyrim back in 2011 was actually about 30 minutes long. So it's not as though, you know, their Fallout 4 one was not 30, like they broke it up into the, the exploration chunk and the crafting chunk, and I liked that format. I think that would service it really well for Starfield as well. But if fall like if we're using Fallout as an example that that show wasn't thirty minutes, and we also need to be fair and look at Skyrim, which was thirty minutes. So technically, the track record, if you want to say of their recent releases, is technically fifty fifty. Um, so it's not impossible. But you do need to factor in the other the other things that definitively are going to be there: the pre-orders plus their bonuses. Um, and this isn't confirmation. This is just me being overconfident. Um, the collector's edition going to be revealed, you know, and of course time for Todd Howard to walk and set the tone of the, the tone. What's the tone of this, of this Starfield meeting? Uh, what's the tone? Uh, I just thought of something. What if, you know what I would love to see if there wasn't an app just dropping, this has been done a ton of times with a lot of games. Uh, character creation. Uh, that's, I want, you, that's what I want. Can you imagine? They're like, you can just create your character and then just import your character. They, 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 they did it with uh, awesome. Saints Row. That was that was the one that comes to mind immediately. Hmm. And I I can imagine uh, people would lose their mind. I mean, in, I, I, you guys already know. Everyone who's listening to this right now, they'd be like, yeah, I would freak the hell out because I would make my character like 47 times and just to make sure that he's perfect. Because you know whenever you start the game, that's what you're going to be doing anyway. You're going to spend five hours making your character. That's what I do. So if, if you're a Bethesda fan or RPG fan in general, that's what you're going to be doing. That would be awesome. 
I think you don't have to spend the time looking at all the skills and right. like you get all that and you get all that out of the way and then the videos that come out of everyone talking about look yes. it's a complete skill all skills and then you get oh seven million videos you've got like people making ghouls and really really deformed people Yes. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And, but the, the, but marketing again. Let it. Let the gamers. I think your game. If you just allow all those all those stats that we had that just haven't been seen, the you know the ones that they sort of like skipped over, everything in character character creation is given to us. That way, when Starfield releases, we can jump straight in. Yes. I think it's it's going to be hard to do that. I like. I don't want to be a downer. That's exactly what I'm doing. You are. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they'd have to make an entirely separate branch and then strip that branch of everything else besides the creator and certain assets required for the character. Because if they just like if the creator app itself is the whole game, um, that's uh, that's not good. Because um, data miners exist, and data miners will. Uh, unlock everything else restriction yeah i i think that the way that that they did it with saints row and and other so if you remember like uh with mass effect there was a code that they used and that code was was able to be uh taken across the trilogy i, I think that they did the, a very similar thing with saints row where you had a code with and that had to do with every single available option and character creation and it's like 47 characters long or something like that um and i think that as long as you had that code the seed you know like map seeds for example i think that maybe they could pull it off that way but i again i'm not a developer lex i don't know but i mean i i i have to like say i'm i'm a new developer i don't know all the ins and outs but i know fairly like i know i know i know quite a bit about creation engine that the engine that they use is technically just the exe file like the test 5 exe that is the creation engine it's just it becomes the game they make building it on i do have some pushback demarco to your your notion that perhaps you know that skyrim demo that skyrim quick god demo is 30 minutes by the way, that is my favorite pre-release gameplay demo trailer of any kind ever. That's the coolest thing. And we weren't even supposed to see it, but there's that leaked video out there. Um, my only pushback on that is that that was a live one-take gameplay demo. And it was 30 minutes long versus this. Yes. We know it's not going to be recorded in one take. Of course, they're going to they're gonna splice things it's, together. Yeah. I, uh, so there's um, that difference. Because with the Fallout 4 presentation, and I've talked about this many times on the show, I don't know why it looked this way, um, but uh, with they cut story out, so like Codsworth dialogue, think about that, that they're going to mislead us. It's intentional misleading so nothing gets spoiled. And the community is always blind to this because they. I remember the Fallout 4 stuff, they completely skipped over Codsworth, what he was saying. Because he said nothing interesting, but in the actual game, he, you know, the conversation you have was about Sean. Um, so that conversation was something more, but nobody noticed or nobody appeared to notice. Uh, there was just like small things they changed the story mm -hmm. for that in demo. Um, 
so they're gonna cut things out they're gonna like uh maybe give them access to all the upgrades so they can like show it off instead of being restricted like we would be probably you know because they you know just they'd have a character pre-made i think for fallout 4 todd had a phil spencer character for the xbox showcase and then he had himself in uh, the actual BE3. So I think I think they're gonna change a lot of the demo. So a lot of it's not gonna be what we're gonna see, or things are gonna be out of context, or we're gonna we're we're gonna look over story elements because they've just hidden it. I think to that point too, they they also probably change stuff up a little bit more, or maybe they're just very conscious about what they do show because mm. they they did respond to the Fallout Four when they kind of showed leaving the vault for the first time, which is a big moment. And they they yeah. did. I remember after that they were saying like, yeah, we probably shouldn't have done it that way. So just they they might put extra emphasis to your point on what they do and don't show. Interesting. Do you think that Crete is the most Bleak Falls Barrow example that we'll get, or do you think that they will go with a more Bleak Falls Barrow demo in Starfield? Do you think they're going to run us through? It's is like if they used Crete again. That makes no sense, but at the same time, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> yeah, well, because Crete was like a very quick cut, like boom, 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 and now we're here, and now we're here, and now we're here. And then it literally like cuts off in the middle of combat, and I was like, okay. But I mean, and during now during that moment, I was literally peeing and pooping and crying, um, in a good way. But it wasn't like Bleak Falls Barrow. Like Bleak Falls Barrow did cut a couple times, but it was much more curated to like give you a vibe of what it would be like to, you know, I don't know. I, like, are they gonna like take us like a derelict ship? God, I want that so bad. <sighs> If if you like ask me, like with Fallout Four, I think uh, they like, and they did it with Fallout Seventy Six. I think they're gonna show the tutorial of you being a miner, but they're gonna cut it. Like like I was saying about story spoilers, they're gonna hide stuff um, from the player, cut out parts of the conversation. I think it's gonna be up to the point where we have the vision. It's just gonna cut, and then Todd will talk about something else, and then we pick up in a mission. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe shit wants to show off radiant quests or something, but I think they'll show parts of the tutorial of you finding this relic and then having the visions, but you don't, you won't know what the visions are until you know you meet Barrett, you go and visit Constellation, that, and they cut pieces of the dialogue out, but uh, essentially you experience parts of the opening like how's this gonna start with skipping over the step out moments which there's two so they could spoil one and leave oh i don't even want that yeah i i don't but they could do that it's so much fun to speculate about what they are but i don't want to know what either of them are (laughs) i think it's getting your own ship and then taking off for the first time because i think when barrett comes to you after you've had the visions i i think you hitch a ride with him and you you don't get to fly that ship that's that's a scripted moment that will be barrett takes you to constellation and then you get given the frontier and vasco vasco's like your babysitter 
you're a new employee, but you must... You take this robot who has a camera. He's going to watch you. He's your babysitter. Okay. If you misbehave, he's got a hidden guns. Thank you. Oh. If you misbehave, then he's got a gun. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Please do it. <laughs> no. Thank you, Vasco. Do we if, have any other last-minute thoughts besides Spank Me Vasco about the Starfield Direct? Yes. 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 I. Okay, we, we touched on the missives board. I want bounty hunting to be a thing. The thing is, like, I don't know why I feel so, like, I don't like worried is the is the right word to use. Like the my my issues with the game uh, that 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 don't even exist because I don't know if they're true or not uh, are very small in comparison. Like everything that I've seen from Starfield, I know like this is my dream game, um, and it's made by my favorite uh, developer ever. Um, but those things, I guess, to like. If everyone put their put their wants like in a little little basket, it would be I want I do want like some role playing with bounty hunting, smuggling, um, that kind of stuff. You know, a lot lot more utility with your ship. Um, you know, in space, all the things that I've said before. Um, we already know that we have skill checks with dialogue. Um, so I don't really know what else I want other than those those few little things, just like a bit of, bit of bounty hunting and smuggling and um, your ship. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess now that I've said that, I just wasted a good 45 <laughs> seconds of talking. So go ahead. Yeah. No, I, if, if I could surmise that, basically, there there are little things here and there that you're concerned about. But overall, you're just over the moon excited to play this game. Yeah, what I'm saying is like even if those things aren't in the game, nothing is changing about my excitement. It's just those are like things that I hope because I've learned my lesson with being overhyped with games like 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 Cyberpunk. And and even though I love Cyberpunk to death, um, if I hadn't have went so above and beyond with what I assumed or assume if you're in Australia uh, was going to be in the game, then I think I would have just loved what I got without having any assumptions whatsoever. But the thing is is that we know what Bethesda has done in the past and that's why I'm thinking that these things that could be in the game are things that like they keep adding on to things. They keep like elevating elements and features from past games and adding it to their new entries. And they they've been doing that for forever. So I'm like, why wouldn't they have a missus board? Why wouldn't they have bounty hunting? Why wouldn't you be able to, you know what I'm saying? It's like, why would they take away? Why would they subtract anything? So that's why I am feeling more comfortable with assuming these things that I'm excited for. DeMarco. Oh. <laughs> he, he is. He is up he's really concerned. Yeah. He, he's, he's contemplating hard. Yeah. He's just like. He's like, are you serious? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, um, he's like one of those human statues. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Maybe, uh... Hmm. Oh, hey, listen, guys. If you hit the like button, if you haven't yet, and uh, show us some support. Um, DeMarco, if you want DeMarco to be okay, um, then uh, just, just uh, send him some love and uh, let him know that he'll be free soon from his statue <laughs> statue form <laughs> I'm dying you laughing is making me laugh yeah I can't he he just looks so concerned I'm just real, I'm concerned about him now it's, like, it's the way you said in his statue form it, he, he's got like the dad expression like son now he's like now listen and, he, and then he like leans forward. Here he oh. comes. He's come. There he is. There he is. Okay. Did you hear? <laughs> Were you here for the whole thing? I'm literally pooping and crying and laughing right now. In a good way. In a good awesome. way. Oh my god! I could just hear everything you were saying. I couldn't see anything. I couldn't see my frozen face. I there was. I just heard the commentary. And the best so part about funny. it, the best part about it is, you know what my face was? Do you want to know why I had whatever face I had? Was because I was just taking a quick glimpse because somebody said something and I wanted to look it up on the interwebs to see like, oh, let me look into that deeper. And I ended up on Twitter and I got upset because Mitch pointed out about how Starfield's in theaters. He did not say to not a single one of us because he wants to hog it for himself that it comes yes. with free snacks. Oh, Mitch. Oh my god. How could you, Mitch? That was, what I was con that was my concern phase, is because I was That's angry was. at Mitch. Like, <laughs> yeah. That was perfect timing. Mitch, how dare you? How dare you? Are you looking what up tickets now? Yeah, what, what? kind of space snacks? Worms? Ooh, oh my god, worms. I'm literally too real. Yeah, I'm anyway. wet. Yeah. <laughs> The face is perfect. You've got to watch the uh, playback when it's up. I always watch the VODs. Yeah, I want to see how annoying I am. Uh, that could that could be an emote. You're so naive, or not naive. That could be an emote. The Margot is disappointed in you. <laughs> we can make a gif out of it. Yes, make, it, make a meme. I love that. Definitely make it a sticker. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. A sticker. It's like slapping it on. Yeah, I love, uh, I love that. If, and I don't even know what it looks like, so I have to wait to see. Yeah, you'll see. Um, if I could move us on to the last item I have planned for today, and it is actually a serious one. Um, there was a post on the Starfield subreddit a few months ago from a user who was expressing disappointment at the high likelihood that they would never get to play Starfield. Um, they were diagnosed with lung cancer in the early 30s, despite having never smoked and were living with their parents in palliative care. And uh, in the last few weeks, word got out that this fan, whose name was Alex Hay, has passed away. Um, so I just want to take a few moments and kind of reflect at like the, just the notion that um, we shouldn't take for granted that we're going to play Starfield. I hesitate to even say that because it's still several months away, but, um, you know, he heaven, heaven allowing, um, we'll all get to play Starfield. Like that's that's really cool. Like Wolf said, it's your dream game that you've been waiting so long for from your favorite game studio. Um, 
it's just going to be a special moment when we all boot it up for the first time and uh, just kind of take a moment to, to thank your lucky stars that you get to do all of the things that bring you joy in your life. Um, very sad story. And uh, just wanted to give that the attention it deserved. Yeah. And I know a lot of people were, were saying like, <clears throat> they're already going to name their, um, their ships like the, the, um, what is like the Halix and stuff like that. Like they're people are already planning on naming their ships after, after this person. And, um, this is something I, I, I feel like this has happened before. If, if someone can correct me, which game it might have been Skyrim or fallout four that this happened. Where it was both, someone, both. Okay. Yeah. That, that someone was so excited and they were, they knew that their life was, was coming to, um, to the, you know, to an end that they were like, this is the one thing that I really am excited to play. And, so, and I believe so, didn't some of them actually get to play it that they uh, uh, allowed it to. Uh, the Eric the Slayer from Rorikstead. Right. He um, he actually got to uh, he he got his own little tour from Make a Wish. Um, like he went to the studio. As far as I know, he went to the studio. And he got a tour. He got to meet the staff. Uh, he just got to spend the day with them. And uh, I'm sure Bethesda would have done it if he, if um, Alex Hay hadn't died. Word is that Bethesda does know the story and has yeah. plans to oh, memorialize yeah. Alex in Starfield in some way, which is really, really good to hear. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And before that, for it was a bit different. I think uh, a fan died after the game came out. But they got memorialized in Nuka World, which is where you get one of the Nuka recipes. Right, and we 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 saw this a few years ago with um, uh, Skyrim's grandma. Um, uh, I can't remember her name. <laughs> Shirley Curry. Shirley Curry. Thank you. Yep, um, she's actually a companion in Skyrim now with some of her her voiceover that's been taken, so you can download her as a, as a mod. But she will be a character in the Elder Scrolls Six. They've actually went and mocapped her and face scanned her and all the words and all that. So Bethesda does care about their fans, and I this is really a heartwarming thing in a very bittersweet way when um, things like this that just are seem silly to other people. Uh, it means so much to them uh, that like their people are literally passing away and they just want to express their excitement for stuff like this, regardless of what it of how in I always use the word inconsequential, <laughs> but like video games uh, are more these days than than I think they have been. <laughs> Sorry, you just got to excuse my mom. <laughs> so I'm trying to not like break away from the serious moment um sorry you, um you can you can redo it if you want if you need to my mom was just uh no it's fine um it's just uh that's hilarious and uh so but yeah yeah i i, I think that that's all i really wanted to say is that it, it really does mean a lot to people and bethesda knows that and i feel like they're used to that like they know that these are worlds that people are going to live in for decades and uh yeah so i think that's awesome that they've acknowledged it and um it, i hate i mean that's just terrible um, yeah. you know I, I hate for the i feel for the family and and everyone involved there personally uh for alex hey 
Yeah. And I think one really tragic element to this story is that we always talk about Bethesda games as being an escape. Like people, we hear all the time stories from people who are going through really hard times, um, finding peace and solace in exploring the worlds that Bethesda has created. And um, the, the fact that he was facing an unimaginably difficult situation and, and missed out on a brand new Bethesda world by just a few months, I just think is so, uh, that just is awful. But, yeah. 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 And, you, and, and for anyone who already knows where I'm going with uh, articles, there are, there are some sites out there that are turning this into nastiness. Um, and I, I hate that. I don't even want to call the people out because I just think it's, it's, you don't, you don't need to attack a developer for clicks when it comes to human life. You know who you are. <laughs> so, I think it's just the most ridiculous thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's tragic. Yeah. But these games mean a lot to people. Um, I mean, I, I feel like if, if my Bethesda story isn't enough to say how much uh, it can change someone as a person, uh, in, a, in, a, like in, a, in a fun, uh, like what you end up growing up liking and are interested in, um, yeah, it just depends. It depends on your on your exposure to these kind of things, and it, it just means a lot. It just means a lot. I was 12 years old whenever I played uh, Morrowind for the first time, and I didn't grow up to be a racing sports shooter uh, gamer. You know, I ended up being nothing but an RPG fanatic. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Mitch, Mitch's Sorry. laughing got me. <laughs> I saw Mitch's slow grin coming across, and then I, <laughs> I, uh, I apologize, to everyone. My mom's decided she, uh, she wants to do the washing, so she's decided she's gonna clean my bed. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I like so that. <laughs> no, I think, I think one of the things I love about with the. With the... <laughs> <laughs> one of the <laughs> one of the things I love is everything going on right now. Um, one of the things I love about Bethesda games is like the communities that they can foster. Um, this is making it easy. I mean, we we can like take a little break while she does this. Um, Mitch, how does the uh, editing work? Um. I th I think I think we can we can power through probably. Okay. A little, a little comic relief in this situation. Yeah. I don't think is a bad thing. All right. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I I think that the cool thing about Bethesda games is the communities they foster because you know like ESO the largest Bethesda he's he's literally the largest Bethesda YouTube channel I think. Um, you know, he he got married through Elder Scrolls Online. Like he met his wife. Uh, and, and that I I know that 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 particular story kind of transcends to to, to a bunch of different games, but. Uh, you know, you have it's all the little things that Bethesda does simultaneously. So it's stories like that. It's when they celebrated the 24th anniversary of Skyrim and they had all the fan made stuff that they showed off. It's that then you have something like Shirley Curry or memorializing, um, you know, anybody in, in their games, whether it's Nuka World or Starfield or, or, you know, the Elder Scrolls or anywhere like that. And even to down to the modding community and being so allowing with mods and, and that type of stuff. Meanwhile, you have other companies that will send cease and desist 
letters and you know target your house and 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 come after you and sue you for for trying to show other people how much fun a game or how much they love a game by trying to improve it and so all these things make bethesda one of my favorite companies and i think that's why everyone else in some way appreciates them as well so it's heartwarming Mm -hmm. well said i think that's a very a very kind of nice and well not nice but um a kind of a sentimental and reflective way to end this episode of the Warfield podcast. Um, yeah. And ending it on a, on a pretty serious note. However, uh, do remember that all four of us will be live in some capacity on June 11th for the Starfield direct. Um, DeMarco dude, where can we find you? Twitter.com backslash DeMarco dude, youtube.com backslash at DeMarco dude. And those are my two residences. Those are my homes. Beautiful. Wolf, where can we find you? You and everyone else can find me at Red Wolf Renegade on YouTube and Red Wolf Renegade on Twitter. The only Red Wolf Renegade on Twitter. Baby, way to get your handle, my handle. Um, yeah, and I stream uh, with DeMarco uh, as, as, as my, uh, my uh, I got to be careful what I say, uh, panel member of mine. Uh, that every single Tuesday, oh my God, what time? What the hell time? 6 p.m. to 8. I'm not even going to say what time anymore because Eastern listen, time. every single, yes, thank you, 6 p.m. Eastern time to whenever the hell the show ends, uh, live every single Tuesday at Red Wolf Renegade for the Renegade Rum podcast. And uh, we talk about all things gaming, everything gaming. And uh, if, if, uh, if anything changes, it's because... You know, we like to go on tangents, and that's not my fault. Uh, but that would be great. And uh, join us. Join us there. Be a part of the show. We, we love interacting with you, and uh, I'm excited to see you. I'm looking at you. Yeah. Awesome. And you can find us at youtube.com slash Lorefield and uh, Twitter on at uh, Lorefieldnet, I believe. And I'm going to do it, Lexi. Lexi, you can be found on Twitter at Dwemerologist. I love your Twitter handle. Had to claim it. Had to claim it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Um, so, yeah, I think that's everything. That was episode 25 of the Warfield Podcast. We'll see you on June 11th, wherever you choose to watch it. And uh, we'll have a podcast shortly thereafter. So, thanks, everyone. We'll see you next time. Bye, all.